Patrick's Day. All right, so uh, we are fortunate and blessed. We have two speakers here today, so double the action, right? So double the content and probably double the time. Right? We'll see that. We'll find out over here. Um, I do want to get right into it, especially having two side-by-side -side mission partners. So super excited to, to have the partners here today. They'll be introduced in just a moment. I think at the same time, it's always extra special. We have two ladies in the house, Dr. Pastor Marion. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and Elizabeth, and, and we'll have that introduction in just a moment here. We'll, um, we'll go ahead and um, we'll get right into it. We're going to have some announcements afterward. I'm going to introduce our outre outreach ministry coordinator, Matt Hall. Matt, if you may recall, joined us via Zoom, uh, I think a breakfast or two ago. And Matt is uh, leading our outreach. So, Matt, how about you go ahead and get us going here? Sure. <clears throat> awesome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here and see all of you today. Um, we have two fabulous missionaries here with us today, so I'll keep it brief to give them as much time as possible. Um, I'll do some quick introductions, and then at the end, we'll have time to ask questions. And also, we want to be sure at the end that we uh, just run through all of our great serving side-by-side -side events that are coming up starting today through Sunday. So um, to kick it off, I want to introduce Josh Ivey. Um, so Josh is an MK from Peru. This is like a PK or a pastor's kid, but a missionary kid from Peru. Um, he has a beautiful Peruvian wife, Rocio, and he has two sons, Stephen and Noah, who are three and one. Um, he and his family have lived in Peru and want to continue serving in Peru, where they are now as missionaries using the gifts and grace that God's given them. Um, so this includes bachelor's degrees in cross-cultural studies, um, the TOSOL, or the English as Second Language certification um, to teach English to speakers of other languages, um, and a Peruvian bachelor's degree in nursing. So both Josh and his wife are fluent in Spanish. Um, and it's my pleasure to introduce Josh to talk for a little bit, and then I'll come back up for a second to introduce Elizabeth. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so I'm 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 Josh Ivy, and uh, thanks for that uh, introduction. And well, it, it's definitely a good day because the best way to start off the morning is with scripture and bacon. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so um, I just want to uh, share a little bit, kind of uh, mix a little bit of my testimony of of how I um, uh, met met God um, and and how that kind of mixed with with my calling to be able to to go to Peru um, so um, um, my family and I uh, are, are still fundraising to be able to go to Peru we're at uh, we're at 60 percent of, of the target goal to be able to, to be launched uh, as as Matt said I was a, a missionary kid already there uh, for 10, 10 years I don't know if any of Y'all know well. No, Arthur Ivy. He's uh, um. So I'm his son. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but so uh, but I just want to uh share a little bit about my testimony first, and just uh, uh read a verse uh this morning for y'all, and it's uh, uh and just and just be thinking about uh this thought um, it's that um that God God doesn't uh well. He does. He does make uh, bad people good, but really, uh, but that God doesn't make 
his his goal is not to make um bad people good but his his goal is to make uh dead people come come alive and so what what religion does is make is make you know try to make bad, bad people good or or uh good people better but really what what the lord does and what only he can do is make is make uh dead people come alive and so i i want to read a scripture um and it was uh uh in peru uh in high school and when, when i understood understood these things and god really helped me understand these things to be able to really come come to faith and so uh ephesians 2 4 through 10 it just says um uh and i know it's a little early i, I uh sorry i don't have the visual aids but but y'all have to uh y'all have to uh, hopefully the coffee's kicking in <laughs> but uh it just says uh uh because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when he, when we were dead in transgressions. It's grace by, it is by grace you have been saved. And it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with, with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so uh, here uh, we recognize that that it uh, we just uh, I just want to recognize that it was the Lord Himself that says. That, that that God raised us up with Christ uh, and seated us in, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And so just as you think about works and, and good works, uh, it, it's both in this verse. It says, not by works so that no one can boast, but then after uh, it's that that we're saved through faith um, uh, by, by God's grace. And um, so... Uh, what faith I like what this is like what faith says is I, I really like this verse it uh, and it, it, it sums it up uh, and, and showing that we can't uh, good good works is something that God does that it's God's work that we can't do because we're not we're not God and um, we're not God and so we can't try to do something that that's God's work. Uh, he does that through us and and in us, and so um, uh, this verse really uh, hits home in that. It says, "But the righteous." Uh, it's Romans ten six through seven. It says, "But the righteousness that is by faith says, don't say in your heart who will who will ascend into heaven, and that that's to bring down, uh, bring Christ down, because uh, Christ." He came down and and he, he didn't grasp heaven uh, as something to be called of his own, but he he's the only God that, that came down to earth to dwell uh, among us and, and and to save us and it's, and we couldn't have brought him down and uh, the other one and verse seven says and who will descend into the deep that is to bring Christ up from the dead and so uh, and we definitely because uh, uh, Christ descended into the deep because he took on our death. Uh, the penalty for our sin and death, and we definitely couldn't have resurrected him up. So, and that's uh, something that only God could do alone. So that's like uh, God's work. That's the good work. Um, describing it, that's describing this verse that says that 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 the good works that God created for us to do 
in, adva in advance for us to do. And so just a different, uh, even Jesus, uh, when he was talking to the rich uh, young ruler, when he was, uh, uh, that, that if, if y'all remember that story, that he was, uh, the rich, uh, that he, uh, he said, uh, leave every, leave your possessions behind and, and, and follow me. And he went off sad, but, uh, uh, he, uh, the rich young ruler, he called him a uh, good teacher. Uh, uh, what do I need to do to, to inherit eternal life? But, but his, Jesus's response is very interesting because he says, because he says, uh, uh, he says, don't call me good. The only one good is, is, is the father in heaven. And so, um, and so even Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said that. And, and, um, and so good works is, is, is what God does, does through us and what we can't do for ourselves. Like even on the cross, you know, uh, God saved us from, from um, our sin uh, that, that we couldn't save ourselves from. And that's where faith comes in is that allowing God and trusting in God to be able to work work in us and so and then another just really convincing verse that I, I like to say is about good work is that it's like it's something that we can't do ourselves is that it says uh, I like the verse that says, uh, Paul it says uh, the things I want to do um, uh, the good that I want to do I don't do and 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 the um and the things that I don't want to do, I do do. And it's because it's because uh, and that's because we have to rely on the Holy Spirit uh, living within us. So, again, if you remember dead and alive, uh, the, uh, Jesus has resurrected us with the Holy Spirit and it brings about fruit, fruit in our lives. Uh, it brings about uh, power in our lives and uh, and and um, it brings about uh, Jesus's character in our lives. And so. Uh, but there's also another in, uh, person at work in the world, and it's it's the devil. Um, and so, uh, but he, uh, he comes to you know kill, steal, and destroy. And he's been doing a lot of that since the fall. And um, and really, just uh, so uh, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about. Um, but uh, in John uh, three eight, I think it says. Maybe three eight, but it's around there. It's a, <laughs> it, but it says um, uh, it says that the son of uh, of God has appeared to destroy the works of of the devil, and so um, uh, Jesus has come to uh, mend broken hearts, to set the captives free, and um, take away all the power that the devil has. Because uh, again, the the devil is an angel, and without the power of God, we against him aren't. Um, anything but with the cross and the resurrection because jesus included us in that we have the authority of christ jesus uh to be able uh to do god's will and to be able to be good through christ like to be a good husband to be a good father to be a good wife or a, a missionary we all need uh, the holy spirit to rely on the holy spirit and god's goodness and his grace to be to be Hey, hey, no, no, to be able to do those things. Um, and so uh, that I, I came to understand that first in my life when I was really struggling uh, with trying to be good uh, and, and failing. Uh, <laughs> but um, but then then Christ said, you can trust in me uh, because because this, he, he told me that the good work that I started in you uh, well, he, he, it's Philippians 1.6. He says the good work that uh, 
Jesus started and as he will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And, and if you look at good works, it's a lot, it's in a lot of places in the New Testament, actually. And so that really captured my mind uh, and my heart, because those good works are something that God prepared for us to do. And it's through faith. It's got to be through faith. It's not through, through our own strength. And so, uh, uh, and one just last thought about that is, is just, it says God works all things out, out for good. And so that's, again, God's work. And only he could have turned the cross into the salvation of the entire world uh, and, uh, and, and death into resurrection. And, um, and really, if you think of Joseph's story, only he could have, he, uh, Joseph said, um, Joseph, uh, he said that like the, the, what, what uh, man intended for evil, God intended for good. Uh, Joseph's brothers sold them into slavery, but uh, uh, to, to Egypt, but Joseph um, ultimately became a leader in Egypt and was able to save people from the famine. If y'all recalling, he he and he said that, and so it's only God that can turn bad or the devil's work into into good, and that's why we depend on him in faith to trust him to be able to do that. Uh, so uh, a little bit a little bit about me um, is is just uh, um, is. Uh, well, uh, like Matt was saying, um, is that I, I had uh, graduated from a Bible school to be able to be a missionary, uh, but I couldn't, uh, and and uh, also had a, a TESOL certificate uh, and teacher education minor, but I couldn't find a job for, I really struggled to find a job for a long time, so I was working at a chicken poultry Um and it was hard work. I would probably do about like a thousand, about a thousand pounds a day of chicken. Uh, uh, and it was, uh, uh, you know, blood, uh, there's blood and uh, all these kind of things that I wouldn't say about anything about breakfast. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, uh, but I was there for two years and I didn't really want to be there. I, was, I, I felt like, uh, uh, man, I got a bachelor's degree and I'm here in a chicken poultry. I can't find nothing. To, uh, uh, but, uh, but the Lord told me in that time a verse uh, from from First Peter. He said, "God opposes the proud, and 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 shows uh, uh, favor to the humble." So He said, "Humble humble yourself, therefore, under God's almighty hand, so that He may lift you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you." And so, uh, uh, the Lord said, "Don't try to lift." lift yourself up in your own strength you have to humble yourself uh uh under my almighty hand and trust that in due time i will uh lift you up and it's and as we follow jesus jesus is was the servant of all and so as we jesus says come follow me we'll definitely be servants of 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 others and um and so uh, it was during those two years though that the uh the Lord said, "Okay, Josh, uh, this is your first mission field. Uh, go." Uh, and and it's like I was like, "Wait, what?" Uh, um, and uh, it was the chicken poultry. So um, so uh, and um, and there was um, um, and, uh, and so what happened was uh, I just saw a vision from a person, kind of like with a hard hat. And uh, well, I think she was Chinese, I guess, but but it doesn't really matter what, what race. But okay, but uh, but she said she said, "Where's my devotional for the day, Josh?" And uh, so she was uh, like more expecting on God than 
for me to do anything, but she was like really expectant, saying like, where is it? And um, and uh, and so it was during that time that the I felt the Lord had called me to start to write write out and pass devotionals into the uh, chicken poultry, and that ended up. God ended up blessing that work, and and I ended up passing out like twenty to thirty copies uh, a week of of devotionals that God what would t- tell me to write down because I was in the same situation they were, and I was living the same things they were, and and that ultimately became a, a book called uh, Hope in the Workforce. Uh, and so yeah, if y'all look, if y'all can look that up, it, it's it's it, it's there. Uh, it's there. So, yeah, I don't, but uh, um, uh, and it's more about. Um, it's more about having hope where you're at in the workforce more than uh, trying to be like successful to uh, climb climb the scale of unending rat, the unending rat race. No, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, um, okay, but uh, that's a little bit about me and and just uh, and so uh, we've been fundraised and just the logistics a little bit is we've been fun uh, my family and I have been fundraising uh to be missionaries uh in Peru uh again uh um for about two years now through par- uh, mission agencies called Partners Inc um and um and so what we want to do there is uh is is be witnesses uh, as the in the power of the Holy Spirit as it says in Acts 1 8 and so uh, what we're planning to do is uh, relational ministries, uh, uh, evangelistic ministries, and uh, discipleship. Uh, so that includes the kids clubs, uh, ESL classes, that means uh, teaching English classes as a second language, uh, health care. Because my my wife, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't have nursing degree. Uh, my my wife has a nursing degree, of, and it's Peruvian, so she's able to work in in, in Peru to, uh, and use that uh, for uh, to help other people also. And and so we just uh, our heart is just to really depend on Christ so that He can do His His work through us and uh, and 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 in us to to serve and and help other people. And so what I just would. Um, also, where we're going um, uh, is is so it's Peru. Um, there, there's seventy two percent Catholic. Uh, it, it, how much time has it been? Oh, it's been about a little more than fifteen. Minutes. Okay, all right. So I'm still good. I still got. <laughs> all right. um, uh, uh, so. Um, yeah, it's uh, seventy. The uh, Peru is about seventy-two percent Catholic, but the Pope said that really of that seventy-two percent, ten percent are practicing Catholics. That means that that just on Sundays, not throughout the week, but just on Sundays they go and they pray. Um, but they pray. The, the problem is that in this Catholicism, they're praying to the wrong person. Uh, like it's not Jesus. If uh, they're little idols that are virgin, they call them virgins. Uh, and uh, and that's what the, who they pray to, um, uh, and so uh, and so Jesus is really not known in the Catholicism of Peru, and and it's also the Catholicism is is uh, syncretized. That means that it's it's mixed with um, uh, previous uh, pre-Incan because the uh, you know the uh, Incas are in, uh, in Peru. It was pre-Incan cultures that uh, that worshipped the um, gods of the of of the earth and of the sky. And worshiping the God of the uh, worshiping the God of the earth and the sky, 
um, uh, they would do sacrifices to kids uh, so that the land could be fertile. And so, and so that's part of, uh, and that, so that got mixed into Catholicism when the Spaniards came in and, um, and uh, in the Inquisition. And so, uh, and so uh, the, the spiritual need, the, the needs there mostly is like, there's this really, um, for me, uh, the need, the need there is like this is very vicious. It's a vicious cycle of um, of of the only that Christ can break free is is that um, at first there's a lot of poverty, and uh, of course the COVID has, has increased that uh, because they did a quarantine of nine months. So if you remember in you know the COVID time, uh, uh, is that when the quarantine quarantine started that the uh, there's a lot of businesses that started to fail. But so if you imagine not three months but nine months of quarantine, it, it put the country further into poverty, and therefore crime increased also, and a lot of a lot of hard things. Um, but uh, and uh, but the, this vicious cycle is what I'm saying is 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 that it's it's a thing from from men that starts from the leaders in the home with is is men is that there's a, there's a high rate of alcohol consumption and also of um, physical and emotional of, abuse uh, in Huancayo and in Peru, um, and uh, of uh, kids who are uh, have a lot of depression, and so um, when it starts out like even if we walk on the streets in Huancayo or in Peru in the Andes Mountains, we see a lot of, um, uh, we can see drunk people uh, laying on the sidewalk. And so, you know, those drunk people, ultimately, when they go home, uh, their wife has to uh, deal with emotional or verbal abuse or physical abuse, <laughs> and, and that affects the kid. Uh, and so, and and that parenting, um, that parenting um, style learned is passed down from the father to the son. And so it's because so the son does the same thing as the father because that's what he does. What a father does, and so and that's not what our heavenly father is like at all. And so that gives them a, a, a really, you know, misconstrued conception about about how the father is that he's good, and um, and. And that he wants us to be his 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 kids and his his child's um and so uh and so again we're uh just about about uh uh 60 and we could definitely i could definitely you use any of y'all's help because it's when we lay everything to down to, to down together as the body of christ and the uh the, it says john 17 says the unity of the church as we see the unity and love of the church is what is going to affect uh, unbelievers and uh, is what is what how is how the unbelievers are going to see God's love and so it's um it's, uh, and so I just want to ask you and uh, ask for your help this morning in prayers uh, and and also uh, yeah uh, in, in giving uh, uh, there's there you can do one time gifts or monthly gifts or uh, major donations one time gifts. Or um, are um, are good for launching costs. Launching costs are like uh, airfare, moving expenses, um, uh, traveling, uh, training, um, and monthly gifts are are good because it helps us reach our target goal. We have to uh, raise the cost of two ministry years, which is a hundred thousand. Um, uh, that's like uh, four thousand a hundred per month. And so, if twenty people gave two hundred a month. We'd be able to reach that four thousand per month, or if forty people uh, gave 
100 a month, uh, then, then, uh, then, uh, then we'd be able to reach our goal of 4,000 per month. And so that's just to say that it's, it's completely doable. And, uh, and so if, uh, if the Lord puts it on your heart and touches, touches you to, to give towards this ministry, um, please, please do. And, and please pray for the Peruvian people. Um, it's really been in the COVID, it's really been, it's been rough, rough on them because they've had a lack of resources. And really a lot of this has been, has been due to the fact that the hospitals collapsed, uh, meaning that there wasn't enough hospital attention or oxygen, um, to go around. And, um, and so, um, and yeah, so, uh, Thank you so much for your time, and uh, and God bless you, and thanks for having me here today. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank you so much. I love the reminder that um, we can't will ourselves to salvation. We can't do, like Paul says, the good work that is prepared for us on our own volition. So thank you for that reminder. All right, now it's my privilege to introduce Elizabeth. Elizabeth is somebody that you may recognize because she grew up sort of in the community of RUMC. Um, she is currently working in Sierra Leone with Water4, which is an organization that does both mission work and humanitarian work. Um, and so what's really awesome and special, I think, about Elizabeth in this particular round of Serving Side by Side is that we have a cohort of folks, of young, active, involved mission partners locally and internationally, all of whom grew up together here at RUMC. Um, so Elizabeth, who will be in chapel on Sunday, Haley Schroeder, who's going to be preaching in the sanctuary service on Sunday, um, Abigail and uh, Mary Stevens. I was thinking, who else am I thinking? Mary Stevens, Eric, um, all were a cohort of young women who went to Kenya together the same trip through the Roswell Student Ministries and now are all actively engaged in various local and international mission work. Um, so we're thrilled to have her back and I'd love to welcome her. Good morning, everybody. Um, so I have some slides that Eric has. So I think he's going to put those up for you. Um, but I also have them here so that I can look at them. But I haven't probably been a member as long as you guys. But I have been a member for like 21 years, which is basically my whole entire life minus like one year. So um, I've been at RUMC for a long time. Um, I went through Sunday school here. I did confirmation here. Um, I led confirmation here. And then even after when I um, graduated um, and went to Georgia Tech, I came back every Sunday and I was a D group leader for um, Roswell Student Ministries. I started with them as um, seventh graders and they're now seniors. So I stopped leading them when I moved to Sierra Leone because the travel was just a bit too far for me to justify it. Um, but yes, I'm really glad to be here talking with you all today. If you remember, I came and spoke like two years ago before COVID. It was the first like fundraising or speaking thing I had done about my ministry in Sierra Leone. Um, and it feels like it was a bajillion years ago because I have grown so much since then. I've been living in Sierra Leone for uh, over a year. So about 16, 17 months now. Um, and I love it and I really like my job. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about how I got there. Um, so if you want to go to the next slide, Eric, y'all can see model. So I want to talk about, um, just my time at RUMC and what it meant to me and how it's contributed to what I am doing in Sierra Leone. 
Um, I, like I mentioned, had started here when I was really young um, and I was always surrounded at RUMC by really wonderful leaders and examples, um, particularly when I got to be in middle school. The D group leaders that I had um, over in Roswell Student Ministries really made a difference um, on my life and they showed me why it was important to prioritize Jesus and sharing the gospel. Um, and in that, um, I went on several different mission trips, um, small weekend ones with RUMC, but um, the big one that impacted me a lot was Kenya, which you can see this is right before we had left. Um, and so we went over there for a week and we served over at Divine Providence where they train um, pastors and just getting to like actually contextually understand what it looks like living in an area that doesn't have access to basic needs, like really impacted me. Um, you can see photos of people, you can see pictures of people, but once you're there and you're living among it, you realize just like how dire indeed those people are of not only um, their physical needs, but also spiritual needs as well. They are just so like, they are looking for something to cling to, like some hope to cling to. And for me, I had this moment where I was like, I know that Jesus is what that should be for them. Like, I know the thing that they need to cling to is him and his word. Um, and so when we did go to Kenya, um, one of our like spearhead verses was one that I'm sure you guys are familiar with, which is um, the great call where it says, you know, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so that was a verse that I really kind of held in my heart for a long time. Um, and uh, when I got to Georgia Tech, um, so I have a degree in environmental engineering with a focus in water sanitation systems. And so when I was at Tech, I was very sure I was going to go into the engineering world, you know, like I was like, I want to make it big. Um, I want to like go be an engineer, um, which is awesome. But that verse kept coming up in my mind and like my time in Kenya kept coming up in my mind. And of course, you know, when God whispers at your heart, you try to justify it. So he would say, go make disciples of all nations. And I'd be like, well, America is a nation, you know, and I really like it here and it's super comfortable. But I kept feeling a whisper that was like, but there's more out there. There's more people out there that need help. Um, and so when I was a senior in college, um, you know, Waterfor was looking to um, have somebody come over to help them with trainings and also start an internship program for college students. And they came and they found me and they recruited me. And so it really was like this opportunity fell in my lap. And the perfect part about it was that I really thought I had to choose between ministry and my engineering degree. I was like really torn because I was like, well, I'd love to do something that has to do with sharing the gospel because that's what life's all about. But at the same time, I'm really passionate about my technical skills and, and like math and science. And I love it. And so it was like God dropped this opportunity into my life at the perfect time. And in that moment, I knew that when I'd heard that verse for years about making disciples of all nations, that he was talking about Sierra Leone. And so with honestly, not very hesitantly, I was like, all right, let's do it. I'm going to go to Sierra Leone. And so if you go to the next slide, I was locally grown and now I'm globally collected because I'm living um, and serving in Sierra Leone. And so I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about what we're doing there and the impact that RUMC is giving has had on me. I wouldn't be able to do what I am doing without the missions department supporting me um, and sending me over there. So I'm going to share a little bit about what we do. If you want to go to the next slide, Eric. Um, so we um, work to provide clean water. Um, our goal overall is a world where all people have access to safe and living water. One of our mottos as a business and a company is that we want to give people like clean water, but with that, like we want to give them living water as well in terms of it being, you know, the word of Jesus and his hope for them. Um, and we do this by um, local missional businesses. One of what our goal is to make ourselves like to eradicate the need for our business because we are working to share the gospel and create disciples and also to bring clean water. Um, and we are a charity, but we're also 
businesses because we want to make it to where one day we can step away and it will continue growing and thriving by itself. So we are very market-based in our approach. Instead of giving out water, we're selling water because that way it can be a sustainable system. You know, nothing lasts forever. We all know that if you buy a car, chances are in 15 years, you're going to have to buy a new car. And it's the same way with water wells. If you drill a well and walk away, it's not going to be working in five, 10 years. And so our goal is that it will be working um, through the local business and training people up. And then the same way, creating disciples that can then create disciples that can create disciples so that Sierra Leone will eventually become completely infused with the word of Jesus. Um, right now it's 90% Muslim. Um, and so it's definitely, I mean, people are not anti-Jesus, but it's not the majority. And so that's something that we're really um, working to hopefully um, kind of bring more Christian disciples into the world. So if you want to go to the next slide. So how we do this, um, there are people who give. Um, in this case, RUMC has given to my ministry. Um, and that one-time investment um, multiplies on itself because like I said, we are selling the water and we're using the price from that to cover the cost of um, like maintenance. So whenever we have to fix or replace or do anything like that, the money that we make from selling the water. And when I say we, it's all Sierra Leoneans. So it's a locally owned business. We have about 50 in office employees. And then I'm my, me and my boss are the only expats. Um, so it's very much like training them and helping to empower them to like lead and solve this problem on their own. Um, so yeah, the second one staff live and work in the community they serve. Um, that way, you know, there's no, an expat's here and then an expat's gone. Um, it's a lot of like, we're going to build them so that they can sustainably do this themselves. Um, my boss, who's the CEO, he goes home for like three to four months every year. And it functions by itself. Everything continues going <clears throat> properly and we keep growing. Um, and then reputation matters. So one of our things is that we do give treated water. Um, a lot of organizations in Sierra Leone, um, they do drill wells and they give water, but they don't necessarily do continued treatment to make sure that it's actually clean. Um, and so we make sure that that is like on the top of our priority list. And by doing all three of these things, we're hoping that we can solve the global water crisis, which is a very big goal, but we have God with us. And so we can make big goals. Um, so if you want to go to the next slide, um, I want to share a story. Um, this is chair lady. She's one of our vendors. So we sell from kiosks. And so there are people who staff the kiosks to sell the water um, and the water tariff is set by the government. And so they basically very similar to if you were to own like a branch of a, you know, a Chick-fil-A. And so you make profit on that. And so they sell water um, and she actually was not a vendor at first. I was taking our interns around and showing them um, uh, basically our infrastructure and explaining to them what we do. Um, and I was talking to another vendor and I saw her sitting next to our kiosk and she had triplets, which is so fun and exciting in America. We love triplets, but in a lot of African regions, they're considered like <clears throat> demonic. Like it means that there is like demons are in your presence. You have to do all sorts of witchcraft type things to keep the demons off. But anyway, it's a bad omen. So if you have triplets or twins, like people are going to stay away from you. And I saw her and I was like, she just looked so sad. And she had these three young kids just clinging to her. And I was like, man, I feel a need to pray for her, but she's like a stranger Sierra Leonean woman. And I'm like this white girl, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I went over and I speak the language. And so it wasn't too hard for me to connect. And I talked to her about her daughters and she was saying she's having a really hard time because she can't find work. Um, and so I just prayed for her and for her situation and just prayed that God would bring goodness into her life. And uh, several weeks later, we were constructing a new kiosk and our community engagement director was like, we got to find a vendor. And I was like, 
I have somebody in mind. And so we went and we found her um, and we were able to employ her at our kiosk. And because she now works at a kiosk and she makes money, she's been able to send all three of her children to school for the first time. Um, and she actually like came to our office and spoke at one of our um, all staff meetings talking about the impact that it has had on her life. And it's just so crazy to me that like God pushed me to go pray for this random woman that has triplets. And now she's able to like serve them food, like they have food, enough food to eat and she can send them to school and pay their dues all because of that. And it's just, that's like one small story. I've only been there a year. So the impact that it has, if you think about it, it's just, it's crazy. So if you want to go to the next slide, um, if you're a numbers person, that was for the story people. If you're a numbers person, here are some numbers. Uh, this is just within um, the past year. So we've done 203 water points. And in the past year, that has helped us um, give clean water to 66,000 people. Overall in Sierra Leone, we're looking at around like 150 to 170,000 people that we have impacted so far. But in the past year, 66,000 was our, our new one. Jobs created is 52. I'm sure you guys know if jobs are created in an economy, it like boosts revenue. And so that's one of our big goals is also just creating jobs um, for people. And that's a way that we serve the community. Non-revenue water leakage. If you're like nerdy and you're into engineering stuff like me, this is a good number, 3%, especially for West Africa. It's kind of impressive in the States. And so the fact that we do this over there is really great. We're trying to do high quality Assets under management, again, if you're a number person, around 1,700,000, so we're growing very, very quickly. Um, last year, we had 46 baptisms. Um, we have an upcountry property called Sowing Seeds where we train pastors. Um, it's not quite as robust as Divine Providence, um, but it does help them get some of their theology a little bit more in line. Um, and so we've trained 12 pastors last year. And then we have college interns from Georgia Tech every semester, and so we've had nine of those so far. So if you want to go to the next slide. Um, this is our numbers looking forward. Um, so from 2021 to 2022, we're hoping um, that we can continue our upward trajectory. And so by the end of the year, we want to have a 170,000 um, people with safe access to clean water in Waterloo, which is the township that um, we are currently focused in. So you can see a map over here. We're trying to get universal coverage in that area before moving to a different district. Um, but none of this like growth and numbers would be possible without the missions ministry here at RUMC and what um, they do for us um, and how they support me and how they support all sorts of missionaries that have grown up at RUMC and even those that haven't that come and ask for help in this church, both in the Roswell area and in the global community as well. So if you want to go to the next slide for talking about what it's going to take to scale very similar to Josh, you can click to the next one, Eric. It's just support from all of you. Um, and I, I really trust that RUMC and their missions department stewards their money um, very well. So I would encourage you as we go through the serving side-by-side -side season and giving and donating and thinking about where you wanna tithe, I would just encourage you to give to that department because watching Josh be in the middle of his fundraising season, it is really difficult and fundraising is really hard. And it was something that I really struggled with. And there were always these bright moments for me where right when I was feeling like, you know, they talk about God's going to give you the money, he's going to provide. But sometimes you start to doubt that when you're fundraising a hundred thousand dollars and you're like, is he really though? And then like things like the RUMC missions department and other churches, they give and you're surprised and you're shocked and you're thankful for what God's doing in your life. Um, and so as somebody who's had to go through it, I now understand the impact that those donations have on us and just how it can really lift your spirit and remind you that when you're doubting where God is calling you, that, you know, that is where he's calling you and he will get you there. It may take time, but, but he will. And it's through the support of you all. Um, so a verse that we end is do not withhold good from those whom it is due. 
when it is your power to do it. Um, oh, and this is a picture from our baptism. It's a really cool story that I can, I'm going to tell Chapel Roswell on Sunday if you're there, how you can hear all about that baptism because it was awesome. So I don't want to take any more of your time because I want to give you time to chat, but I would like to pray for us if that is okay, if we could all bow our heads. Okay. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for bacon and potatoes and for St. Patrick's Day, Lord, and for the joy and fun that it is, God, and for this community um, where we can come together and learn about you and what you're doing globally in Peru and in Sierra Leone and all over the world, Lord. Um, I pray that you will just um, infiltrate the hearts of those here um, if they feel like these are things that they want to give to Lord, um, and that they will do that with a grateful heart for what you have given them, God. Um, I just pray for everyone's heart, Lord, that you will just give them peace with anything that they are struggling with and that in the midst of coming out from COVID, Lord, that you will just um, calm their hearts and minds knowing that you are here and you are working um, as you always have been. Thank you for the community of RUMC and what it has given God. And I pray that in the way that I have grown up here and been sorted into a missionary, Lord, that you are working those same things in the young students that are here and in the little kids that are here and the young adults that are here, Lord, that you are just stirring up in them a desire to serve and know and help others know who you are. Um, Thank you for everything. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. That was great. Thank you both so much. Um, okay, I have a few last things, and then I would love to use our last little bit of time if you have questions that you would like to ask of Josh or Elizabeth. I'd love to give you a chance to do that. But first, I have these lovely cards for you with... Um, all of our many mission partners on there, uh, both locally and internationally. This is the pledge card that we're using for serving side by side. And see, I feel so well set up because ordinarily it feels a little awkward to come up and sort of say, oh, well, we are going to ask for your money. But after the setups from Josh and Elizabeth, it feels actually totally natural because it's easy to see the good work that is being done. So it, uh, eases my anxiety and hopefully eases your questions around is this money being put to good use because we can see that it is. Um, so I will bring these around to the tables while we have time for questions, but also I just want to tell you about the rest of the serving side by side events that we're going to have this weekend. Um, so tomorrow, should the weather hold up, uh, we're going to be playing putt putt mini golf to uh, just both to get a chance to meet in community. And also we're going to be asking for folks if they're willing or able to, to provide some of the medicine or formula that we're collecting for Venezuela. Now we're going to build a big crate filled with baby formula and medicines that we're going to ship to the Wesley medical center in Venezuela, another one of our uh, mission partners. So that'll be Friday, hopefully knock on wood. Um, and then Saturday morning, right here in the fellowship hall, we're going to be packaging 15,000 meals with Rise Against Hunger um, to combat global hunger. And then Sunday, we're going to be having uh, Elizabeth preaching in chapel and then uh, Haley Schroeder, who's another of our young missionaries who works locally preaching in the sanctuary services. Um, so we'd love to invite you to any or all of those things. Um, yeah. Also, I should point out St. Patrick himself was, of course, a missionary driving the snakes out from Ireland. So this is a uh, common theme, not only of today, but with our illustrious missionaries as well. So with that, I will distribute some of these amongst the tables. And if folks have questions, I'd love 
for you to turn out. Oh, no. I think I stood up too quickly. I really wanted to help pass these yeah. out. That was my objective uh, there. But wow, that was awesome. You know, what a great example of a RUMC product, Elizabeth, to, to come through and to do the good works, just like you. we talked about, Josh. And that, I mean, that's it really hits home to me when you bring up the parable of the rich young ruler doing good works, hearing the Great Commission from Elizabeth. That's just super awesome. So normally the mechanics of this, we, we do have breakout sessions, but certainly with our mission partners here, you know, what better opportunity to have some Q&A to get uh, a deeper understanding and, and um, a better understanding of, of what's going on uh, with, their, with their ministries. So um, I'll be more of a facilitation role at the moment. So really just open it up to the floor here. What questions do we have? Gene, go for it. Do you get any help from the local governments financially? Uh, 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 or the local communities? Um, yeah, so we, that is something that we just started having to deal with because when we were kind of like low key, nobody was noticing us. You want to talk here? Yeah, Elizabeth and Josh, would you mind? Would you just come right here? Perfect. Um, so our Zoom people can't see you. And you're not in front of the camera. Am I in front? I'm in front now. Okay, I'll stay right here. Um, but um, uh, we have been working a lot with local governments. Unfortunately, government in Sierra Leone is just extremely difficult because it's super corrupt. But thankfully, everyone can agree, corrupt or not, that people should have access to water. And so we have been very fortunate in that we've had a lot of support from the government. Mm -hmm. We're in a space right now where there is this like water municipality that works in the city and there's a water municipality that works rurally and we're in the peri-urban area. So it's like a big gap. So they're very eager to work with us. So we actually like two days before I flew here had a big signing with the local government where we signed a PPP, um, which was like a huge deal because we've been trying to get it signed for years. So they do support us. We don't, at this point, we don't get financial support from them, but with the scale that we're growing, we probably will be in the next five to 10 years. Um, but thankfully they're very supportive. They help us get with a lot of land acquisition stuff. That's very hard because um, we need land to do our infrastructure and people are very protective of their land rights. So one way that they support us is with land acquisition. So they go in and say, hey, we're gonna use this land for clean water so that way we don't get the bad rap of being the people that came and took the land. So yeah, I don't know if you have any sure. to contribute there. Uh, uh, so for us, what, what the Lord's really helped, oh, uh, what the Lord's really helped us with, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, uh, is uh, because um, so, uh, most people, uh, so uh, as far as papers go, um, uh, most people in um, have to get a religious uh, visa to be able to be mission missionaries in certain countries, uh, and they and because of that, they don't, uh, they're not able to earn profits. Um, but uh, thanks to the Lord, in my case, uh, I have a Peruvian wife. Uh, so because of that, um, I would be able to obtain a, a work permit uh, and be able to earn in Peru. And also, uh, Rocio, my wife, is Peruvian and has a Peruvian um, bachelor's degree in nursing. So she'll be able, also be able to uh, contribute in that way uh, to be able to work. And that um, is definitely, a, 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 how do you say this? Um, a privilege that other missionaries would, would have to kind of be on the sidelines uh, because the government wouldn't allow them to earn 
but uh, in 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 our case, guys, given us that those advantages to be able to to be able to uh, get into uh, the community uh, pretty, pretty very fast. So yeah. <laughs> Any other <laughs> yeah, any other questions? Does your company drill wells or do you just distribute water from wells that are already there? So we are in, we're kind of have our hands in a lot of things because it totally depends on the culture and the development of the area. So we have like, I guess you can say two main models. So the first one that we do is where we sell from kiosks. So we drill a well and that well is connected to a kiosk that has a filtration system in the back. So filters, chlorination, UV disinfection, and then it's sold from the front. And it's like, it's got a little window and the person stands in the back and it's a vendor. So it's connected to a well, and then that is piped to other distribution points. And that's in areas that are a little more um, urban. If you're thinking of your typical like African village, we drill wells and we have this thing called pump insurance program, which is where every month the village collects like uh, the, the insurance fee and they pay to us. We come visit, make sure it works. If there's any repairs that need to be done, then we do it. And then the third thing that we do is re we rehabilitate wells that are broken down because there is so many broken pieces of water infrastructure all over Africa. And so a lot of times we'll find a well, figure out who owns it or doesn't, and then rehabilitate it and fix it and like kind of bring it into our program. So we kind of have like our urban dense one, which is like the kiosk with filtration. And then we have the wells that we drill in rural areas where we do like chlorination on them. So. I just wondered what a water point a definition water. was. Yes. Okay. So water point, when it says like water points, it includes the kiosks that we sell water at and the wells. So it's like both of them combined together. Typically how deep do you have to drill? So we, it totally depends on the topography of the area, but we find in Sierra Leone, we have to drill somewhere between like 30 and hundred feet. Um, so we have a manual drilling method. And so we wait until we hit, it's like a certain amount of water. Um, it's really funny because with our drillers that are Sierra Leonean, they tend to like hit water and be like, all right, we're good. But a lot of times you gotta go a little deeper into the water table if you're gonna be pulling that water out. Um, so in some, with our like newer drilling teams, we set a minimum of 60 um, and they have to go. That far it's either 30 feet or meters no it's feet that's right so 30 to 100 feet well, do you want a drilling rig so it's not a drilling rig the thing about like drilling rigs like that are machine um is that they break a lot and there's no parts to fix them in africa so you have to get them shipped in from the states so water for actually developed and patented a manual drilling machine. So it doesn't have any, it doesn't require any electricity or energy. That's a big thing that's got four legs and it goes up and it takes five people and you kind of spin it around like a merry-go-round and it digs into the earth. And then you like pick it up and you empty the dirt and you do it again. And so I had seen it and I knew what it was, but I'd never physically done it. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then we took the interns on a drilling trip and it is some hard work oh my god i was like they, like the drillers were like you don't need to do it just just watch and i was like no i'm gonna do it like i got my boots on like i'm ready to work i did like two rotations and i was like okay i think i'm done i'll go home now but but yes so we have drilling equipment but it's manual so it doesn't require any it's not like a machine like you'd imagine in your head. yeah there's one in the back yes let me give you some supportive statements. Mm -hmm. You're technical, and, and I'm going to talk technical for just a minute. You're saving lives. Thank you. <laughs> You're not just supplying water. Water in that continent is probably mm -hmm. the reason why that continent is in the condition it is today. Because the water is contaminated with fungal, it is contaminated with, with the microbiologicals of all kinds, and it's contaminated chemically because the groundwater is laced with arsenic. Mm -hmm. And it is universal in, in that continent. 
And what you're doing is not just giving living water. Your water is allowing people to live healthily for the first time. Yeah. And so it is just a tremendous story in terms of, of restorative work to keep a, a community, give it a chance to survive because clean water there is, it is, is better than gold in terms of its value. Yeah. So what you do is save lives in a number of ways, but none, none the least of which is that it's, it's desperately in the need over there of clean drinking water that is healthy and, and truly clean. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. A huge part of what we do also is that um, a lot of people over there don't realize that dirty water equals like sick. Like they don't connect the dots in their head that the reason they're having dysentery and cholera and all these horrible things and having to pay expensive medical bills is because their water is dirty. It's so we have, rivers. yeah, so we have a lot of wash trainings where we explain to people like why clean water is important and like makes you healthier because it's not a, they don't connect the dots in that way. So that's a huge part of what we do as well. Yes. So with your technical background, mm -hmm. uh, do you help I guess, facilitate or to train want to be local water engineers? Yeah. So a huge part of what I have done since I've gotten there is um, our, we have a water sanitation lab where we can test the quality of the water and then figure out what needs to be done. So for example, if a well has too much iron, we have to put in like an iron removal system. Um, and so since I've been there, we've set up that well and I've trained four people that are lab technicians. Um, and so they know how to do all the labs in terms of testing for manganese, arsenic, chlorine, and stuff like that. So we've done all week long trainings where I do it with them. And so once I get back, we have like our quarterly one where I'm going to like watch them do it and make sure that they actually know <laughs> what they're doing. Um, and then we, with our, we have quality controllers, which are technicians. And so I help them a lot when they run into issues that they don't necessarily necessarily know how to solve. I come alongside them and help them problem solve together. The main thing is that I don't want ever do it by myself because I love Sierra Leone, but I don't anticipate being there for the rest of my life. And so I want to make sure that the information is transferred. So it's a lot of like, let's do this together. Like, let's learn this together. Let's figure it out together so that one day they can do it by themselves. So yes, this is a short answer to that question. I just wanted to say something about the Rise Up Against Hunger program. It's going to be, as you mentioned, uh, Saturday morning. I've done that twice with uh, with our road reorganization. And the first thing that amazes you is what it's comprised of. You end up with a little bag of food which feeds four people. And it's not physically difficult. That's why I signed up for it. You know, <laughs> It's a great hands-on opportunity to get to pack those meals and see and know the impact. Because you think, how can we do 15,000 meals in, uh, in basically two hours, two to three hours? But it's uh, it's an amazing process. And it's I did it first probably 10 years ago. So it's uh, if you're interested Saturday morning, it's a great way to do a hands-on project in Michigan. Yeah, that's true. I I was actually at Georgia Tech at the same time that I was there, except I was working while she was a student. Um, and we did this also at Georgia Tech and packed 100,000 meals in like two days. And again, it feels like an unmanageable number or some really huge number. But in the end, I ended up 
they gave me one of the little package things to, that I would keep in my office kind of as a prop to say, next time you do this event, you need to come and here's what it's gonna look like. So yeah, it's something that anybody, we're inviting kids, young elementary school kids, all the way up to as old as you want, anybody can help and we'll have different jobs that everybody's ready to do. So we would love to see that. Well, I imagine, Elizabeth, we're going to have a technical breakout session here. We have a bunch of engineers in the room, including myself, and I find that stuff fascinating, those technical details here. So we are at the top of the hour, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and again, thank our mission partners for being here. It was a really wonderful message, certainly very inspiring. And Matt, thanks for the cards. And just to close us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, you have called us to do good works. You have called us to go make disciples, inspire us. May the Holy Spirit fill us today and inspire us to do your will, to do those good works. And go out into the mission place, if it's here locally, wherever it is around the world, so we do your will. And in your name we pray together. Amen. Amen.